we're going. Welcome to this, the year of 2021. We are in the future, as opposed to last week when we were in the past. That is... Well, we were... The present last week... Well, last week, the, we were in the present at the time, but now it is the past. And today is last week's future, but it is now the present. Welcome to another episode let of me, Best of let Five. Me, <laughs> let me translate that. I believe what he is saying is the future is the present, so the present is the past. And his present is a er, er, his present is a presence. So you can kick it, kiss his uh, microphone. Well, we well we're all just living in the memories of our future selves because we when, by the time we react to things happening, it is the past. So by the time our brains see something happening, it's already gone. So. We're just living in the memories of our future selves, and it's fun to think that uh, we have any control over it, but we don't. Anyway, uh, welcome to Best of Five. Uh, this is a fighting game podcast, and of course, we have another great episode for you today. I'm, I'm especially excited about today's episode for some reason. I don't know. I think I think 2021 20, started off on an okay foot, except for the fact I was talking a little bit about, about this before the intro. My streaming PC is dead, right? But the good news is I bought a new one. I bought a new one. Uh, and it should be coming within, like, the next three to four weeks. So we're going to be crisper and better soon. Soon. So everybody hold on to your pants. Uh, this week on the show, we're going to be talking about Tough Love Arena, of course. Uh, we're going to be talking about Harada working on a new secret project. And it turns out it's the most expensive project known to man as far as Bandai Namco is involved. Uh, we're going to talk, talk about some cool announcements that happened that people decided to announce after our show, as always. And we're also going to be, you know, speaking about some other stuff that's going to be tons of fun. And before we start, I forgot to do the most important part. My name is Elon, and I'm here joined by my cohorts, as always. The amazing, the formidable, inimitable, Steve, Ace King, Offsuit Jurek. Uh, let's, let's temper expectations. Nope. Let's, nope. let's hold the phone. Nope. Uh, we're talking about the... Okay, the average, yeah, Ace King offsuit. Well, whatever you want to say, you will always be the main squeeze. So, we appreciate you, Steve. Uh, welcome to 2021. And we're also joined by the new kid on the block, the lovely, the amazing, the talented, hardworking. Oprah. Winfrey. That's right, everybody. Oprah Winfrey. It's 2021. That's all I want y'all calling me. Oprah. Okay. Oprah's on the show. Everybody, again, if you check underneath your seats, last week we gave out hitboxes. This week, we're giving out L's. I'm kidding. Uh, no, we're actually giving out <laughs> Ethernet cables this week, so you guys can finally, you guys can finally connect. There's no excuse. <laughs> For those people who didn't get Ethernet cables, you got a power line adapter, and if you don't know what that is, Google it right now. You're welcome. I that's what I'm on right now. And See, here's it the could thing: be better. The, the cables we're giving away are exactly two feet long. Mm -hmm. So good luck. <laughs> so good luck. Can't say we didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we're trying our best here. All right. 
There was the an attempt. It would have been a longer cable, but because of the pandemic, we couldn't get longer cables. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how that works. That's just how it works. I'm sorry. Don't, don't ask me. Ask the people who provided the cables, uh, our, our staffers. All right. Let's just dive into the show, shall we? Uh, first, Steve, I believe there is not a recap, but there is a pre-cap. There's a pre-cap because we're getting back into uh, the swing of things in terms of the uh, ongoing circuits. Many of them took the last couple of weeks off for the Christmas and New Year holiday. Uh, if we take a look at what you can watch this week, the Capcom, uh, not the Capcom Pro Tour, pardon me, but the Street Fighter League is back at it again with week 11 after a two-year or a two-year hiatus, two-week hiatus. Uh, this is getting edited out. No, it's not. <laughs> so Thursday, you can check that out. Also this weekend, uh, if you check the Mortal Kombat channel, you'll be able to see the second wave of competition in Europe and Oceania, Oceania for the uh, Mortal Kombat Pro competition. Sick. Dude, the Pro competition is always a good time. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Yeah, uh, because it's going through May, if I remember correctly, May or June. Yeah, and I think I'm gonna start making more of an effort to catch SFL. I think, I think I just haven't connected to it all that much, but I think I'm gonna try to make the effort to watch it. Because when I do watch it, it's like, hey, this is pretty fun, and then I just kind of forget about it until the next week. So I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna set an alarm, so I can go watch it. You feel me? Anybody else yeah. on that boat? Just me? No. All right, sick. <laughs> All right. It's get... yes and sometimes, Elon. You can't have me for everything. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. Let's get down into these topics. First, let's do all the happy stuff, uh, and then we can get into the other happy My stuff. Because I think, I think we have a bunch of happy stuff. Yeah, it's mostly happy stuff this week. It's amazing. Uh, it's miracle. a new year. New year, is... new us, new FGC. It is a new year. First, let's talk about... Those jerks over at Arc System Works that released the trailer on Thursday. Not Tuesday. On Thursday, New Year's Day. Uh, folks over at Arxis, you know them for Guilty Gear mostly. Hey, relax. Relax, Guilty Gear. Uh, you know them mostly for Guilty Gear. And they had a New Year's announcement, which was their second-to-last character. And it's Anji. Let's go take a look at that trailer, shall we? I had to restart it. I'm sorry. How dare you, you monster. Greetings, 2021. Whoa. I like how Arxis is, is uh, treating 21 like a beast that must be given some sort of sacrifice. Otherwise, <laughs> it will turn on you. We're not taking that risk this year. Woo, the music. They're going hard. And there, there he is. This game still looks unbelievable. I don't get it. I'm a big Remains fan. It's very pretty. Yeah. Okay, so he, Anji still got his uh, plus R stuff, right? He's got the the records, all the crazy shenanigans. Does he still have the butterfly though? The answer to that riddle is coming right. No, nope, I saw some butterflies. Uh oh. Oh, he's got the parry. Oh, there's the butterfly. All right, everybody screwed. <laughs> I did not mean that as a pun. <laughs> Apex Collective. <laughs> Uh, but we'll take it. However, one more announcement here. 
15 characters and we got one more left and it's coming in February. Oh boy. Everybody everybody buckle in cuz February is going to go crazy. Is it Is it really? It's going to go wild, Steve. Yes. Is it buck wild or just sort of wild? So crazy you're going to want to take your shirt off, twist it around your head, spin it like a helicopter. Yes. Just don't do it on stream cuz God. That's the one thing I've been saying about this show. We lack in Petey Pablo references. Thank you for upping our quotas on that. I'm on the outside now, now of this my, inside joke. Here's my question. Which is, which is the best version? The uh, original, which is all about North Carolina. The all cities yeah. mix, where, where it's, it's shouting out everybody. Or the post 9-11 USA mix. I'm going to have to go with North Carolina mix. Because 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 Pablo knew what he was doing, like he was trying to rep. And whenever you try to rep, you go especially hard. You know what I mean? I wanna I wanna go ahead and point out circa Ludacris's area codes where he had multiple different types of garden hose. Uh, it was not anywhere near as strong, and that was just I believe exclusively because he was shouting out so many different locations where he had hose. So. Yeah. No spades. Oddly no spades. Enough, you would think there'd be no. one spade in there. Anyway, about Anji. <laughs> <laughs> we are a fighting game podcast. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone, for the pop culture references that were 17 years old. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm on the outside of all of it, oh, so God, I, I'm just standing here. Uh, at that's point. actually 20 years old. Yeah, I was just trying to make you feel better, Steve. There's, there's, oh my God. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, look, I'm screwing myself with the swear jar. Right, you're the Steve. one editing, this, not he me. Just <laughs> he just gave up in 2021. He just gave up. <laughs> That's $3 in the swear jar, sir. All right. Uh, anyway, I'm super excited for Guilty Gear. This game looks amazing. I can't wait to try it. It's mm -hmm. on the horizon. Supposedly, if I remember correctly, there should be another beta coming out soon uh, for us to try the uh, the new stuff. And I hope Giovanna's in it because I think I'm going to be a Giovanna main when that game comes out. Mostly, mostly because she has paw pads on her sneaker. That's the only reason. I'm a fan. It's cute. It's very cute. I'm a fan. I, I, I think, you know, we can talk about the characters, which characters are going to be in the beta, which characters aren't. The most important thing um, that needs to be in the beta, I think, for mo the momentum of, of this game is the rollback netcode because remember the first one mm -hmm. was based on the older style netcode they yeah. said you know what mm -hmm. it's going to be in the final game but this isn't it we're just testing other yeah. stuff so I, I i really feel if they put out another beta that has the older netcode the delay based it, it's going to be really rough to tr try and turn the uh because even in the best case scenario, you're you're telling people, "Hey, we've got a brand new netcode. You haven't had a chance to play it, but trust us, it's good." I don't think people will give them a pass on the second beta. I think you get one. You know. I agree. So. Uh, but no. it does. She does look good. She does look good. Uh, the new character looks very good. I'm excited. I'm definitely excited. Do we have any guesses as to who the final character is going to be? Ram. Bridget. Ram's, are, Ram, Ram's already in the game. I'm sorry. I meant Bridget. Bridget. Okay. I would love yeah. to see Bridget. I think, legally speaking, uh, they have to go with Terry Bogard. Because mm -hmm. Terry is, is required to be in every single fighting game going forward. That is um, true. 
But if they somehow get an exemption from that rule, um, Bridget is just like hits the sweet spot where it hits the sweet spot where not necessarily expected, but enough people want to see Bridget in the game where it will get a positive reaction. So, I I in addition to like plus R becoming like a lot more notable and everything with the rollback update i think a lot more people have moved over to the give us bridget club which i'm a big fan of now all right who do we not want to see elfel that might be <laughs> and i saw I somebody saying elfel in their chat and i i almost banned them in the chat and i wanted to time them out yeah because... i know i i almost banned them <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? How could you possibly? <laughs> oh man! Oh uh, my god! No, I mean, look. Uh, yeah, they did reveal who the uh boss character is in the story. I think in the story trailer, right? It was the person with the white hair. Uh, and they, they mm-hmm. just showed a brief image of him. Uh, but who knows if that's it, right? Because I think Guilty Gear has had characters in this part of that were integral part of the story but not playable before. So who knows? It could be anybody. Personally, I kind of want to see Eno back, you know? I think Eno's cool. She's Eno would be really great. I would be really happy. You know, honestly, if we don't get Bridget, I would be happy with Eno. Like, that's how I feel about it. I'd be very happy with Eno. Yeah. I almost said I know. Look at me. Some type of casual. Nice. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Wait, no. Is that bad? Uh, What, Jacko? Yeah, uh, Greening Oni is saying that uh, the reveal is in February, so that's Valentine's Day. Oh, God, that would be elephant, wouldn't it? Look, all I'm, all I'm saying is so if I see... I'd be so mad. I'd be so mad. If I see a wedding dress and a cake, I'm just going to go outside for a walk and uh, cool down. <laughs> because I do not want to see of, that. I think a lot of people are going to go outside for a walk. It will be one of the biggest walks in AFGC history. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because the Elfell is like yeah. either you were either dropped to your knees in joy or dropped to your knees in agony. There is no in between. There's no middle ground whatsoever. There's there. none. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens, right? We we've we've dealt with uncertainty now. I think as a human race we're pros at dealing with uncertainty <laughs> after last no. year. No, no, no. I learned I learned last year that I reached my limit and I was like this close to like burning everything down and just, you know, bringing my bug out bag and, and going out and never coming back. Like I was so close to burning off my fingertips. Like y'all didn't want to play with me. All I need is one. I just need I just need the fire arcs. Like you put out elephant and it's over. It's over for me. Like, just know you are the spark that did it. So, that's a threat. Hold on. I'm looking. Blue, give us the Guilty Gear wiki for Valentine. Uh, she appears in Guilty Gear 2 Overture. I've never played that game. Anyway, uh, this is a fun article I'm not going to read on stream. Because <laughs> we'll be here for a while. It's very long. Uh, Fair. But anyway. We do have a show. Yes, we do have a show to do. Uh, let's move on. Let's uh, Anji and Guilty Gear. Did we have some a recap this week? Where, no, were um, where were you? <laughs> we did it already. <laughs> she's uh, too, she's oh too focused God. on Elfel and how she'll react. 
you see you see like that's just how that's how my brain literally like i keep seeing it in chat and i just keep immediately going to that line like who keeps typing it <laughs> <laughs> all right uh looking forward to guilty gear stuff uh we're, we're we're getting close we're getting close we're like a month away uh next another announcement that was made after we finished streaming for the year last week is frosty faustings has a lineup and it's going to be online and it's going to be from january 29th to January 31st, 2021, which is in three weeks. And here's the lineup. Yeah, the, yeah this was announced uh, yesterday, actually. Uh, they are going to run 11 open tournaments, uh, including Plus R, uh, including TVC, Third Strike, uh, Marvel 3, uh, Them's Fighting Herds. So plenty of representation, as well as some of the newer titles, Tekken 7, uh, MK Ultimate. Uh, there are also going to be some exhibitions slash fight cards slash special events uh, for five other games. Uh, Rev 2, uh, Grand Blue, uh, Uni, Uni, yeah, Uni uh, Soul Calibur, and BB Tag. Ooh, fancy. So, so I just want to point something out, and this may just be me. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is Skullgirls there this year? Uh, Skullgirls is not a part This is the very first the year official. Skullgirls is not at Frosty. Um, that's interesting. But I'm not disappointed. A... I'm not upset in any way, shape, or form. I think I understand why. It's just, I think this is actually the very first year that that's happening. But it's okay, because Fantasy Strike is there. Yeah, I see them fighting herds. I see Fantasy Strike. I see Windjammers. There are a lot of other amazing games over there. I'm just very surprised um, because Skullgirls was like almost launched. I think the very first major that that ever happened was at Frosty. Like it's an important part of the history. That's that's why it's so surprising to me. But I don't I don't blame Frosty in any way, shape, or form. It's just uh, it's kind of crazy. It's weird for me to see that. That's all. Um, I'm really happy that Them's Fighting Herds has an opportunity to showcase there, though. That's a great game. Yeah, and there's a couple other people saying uh, Killer Instinct is in there as well. So Yeah, um, I did notice that as well. I'm just not in the KI community. But yeah, I did notice that both KI and Skullgirls are not there. Um, and and like chat saying, it's probably due to lack of resources, which once again, I completely and totally understand. Both those games got a lot of spotlight earlier this year um, prior to June. So I think that it, it, it makes complete sense to me that other games get more of the spotlight. I like that. I really do. It's just, it's interesting to me personally. It's a weird feeling, is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, and the resources too, it's like they're running 11 games, right? I want to take a look at here. It's, yeah. Uh, plus R, I'm counting them with my fingers, you can't see it. Plus R, Tekken 7, Mortal Kombat Ultimate, Power Rangers, Fighting Herds, Fantasy Strike, Ten. Ultimate, Marvel Ultimate, Alpha 2, right? That's Alpha 2? Yes. Yeah, Alpha 2. Mm -hmm. uh, Windjammers, Third Strike, and Tatsunoko. Yeah, that is 11 games, plus exhibitions and fight cards and stuff, so... They got their mm -hmm. hands full, man. It feels like it's one yeah. of those things where they needed to make some cuts uh, in order to make I this a successful. I completely understand, yeah. In order to make this a successful event, especially because it's online. And as you know, online tournaments tend to be... TOs with online tournaments... TOs have less control over online tournaments than the already little control they have over their own tournaments. So this is uh, a scary thing. A scary thing for sure. The games that the games that are being sho uh, showcased there definitely deserve the showcase, and I think Skullgirls and Killer Instinct are both in a fantastic place with all of the the press that they received earlier this year. So it makes a lot of sense. 
Um, I'm, I'm very happy for all the games that were chosen. Oh, and here's actually, thank you, Blue, on the chat. He linked us to Elven Shadow's statement on Twitter, which was about three hours ago. Uh, and he said, Frosty has very limited resources and budget this year. We don't want to overload the event with more than we can handle. Player experience should never suffer, and we don't want to take advantage of people. When we return to offline events, we can expect the usual larger roster. So there you go. Mm. Also, uh, for the KI side of things, keep in mind that there are two uh, KI World Cup events that weekend. Uh, mm. Fight Sessions Online on the 29th and the Revival on the 30th. So mm. um, it may, that may, I don't know if that is, uh, if that played into the decision, but uh, certainly if you are a KI fan, you do have options to get some games in that weekend. Hell yeah. Nice. Um, man, oh, right. The, man, it's crazy. The KI World Cup's already starting soon. Wow. Isn't it's... it great? I'm really happy for everyone. Brandon Alexander did a great job. This weekend, Cyber Fights. Woo. I was thinking about signing up, but I don't think I'm good. I, I want to I live thinking I'm okay at Killer Instinct <laughs> and not join the tournament and immediately get my ass kicked. Yeah, you can't do that after you get a tournament <laughs> record. When you go 0-2 in tournament, you can't be like, well, I'm pretty good because you just went 0-2 in tournament. Yeah. Like, if you go 2-2, you know, it's one thing. But going 0-2? Mm. Here's, here's the question. <laughs> Was it close, though? Nah. If you go 0-2, it ain't never close, honey. <laughs> But it was close, though. Nah. It was close, though. Save that stuff for scrub quotes. I ain't got time for that this year. You know what? You know what? It was close. I don't care what you say. It was close, though. That's all I'm saying. Steve is a grappler, man. No, no, no. I I do not put that evil on me. I do not mean grapplers. There there is a lot of mudslings. My weirdness is that I play Octogate. Get it straight, girl. Get it straight. There's more mudslinging going on here than the Georgia elections today. Woo! Topical joke. Uh, All right. Uh, Let's let's move on. Let's move on. First of all, super excited Frosty Fostings uh, at least has an online tournament today, uh, this coming year. So super excited for them. Can't wait to see more stuff out of Frosty Fausting. I'm always surprised by Frosty Fausting because it's always one of those tournaments that goes under my radar. And then I see it happen. And I'm like, oh, right, this is this weekend. And I watch it and I have a grand old time. So it's, uh, it's always a good time. So good. So big ups to Elvin Shadow and the crew over there uh, at Frosty Fostings for making lots of cool stuff happen. And I completely forgot about this and I didn't remember until now. That's where they revealed Faust. Last year mm-hmm. for Guilty Gear, so they do a yeah. lot of reveals at Frosty. It's a it's a really big event. Um, Midwest definitely locked it down strong with that one. Hell yeah! There is one sort of negative. Uh, I, I I don't know if negative is the right word, but sort of a reality that's sinking in with this. Frosty was one of the last tournaments, one of the last big ones yep. uh, offline before everything changed. We're almost at a year. Um, I know we had some other events take place in February and March, but usually by this time, uh, if there were if NCR was happening, you would hear an announcement for NCR. Combo Breaker usually announces by now. Um, you know, there was always that hope that once the calendar turned to 2021, we would it would be a brand new day and we'd be able to go right back to normal and. That's not the case, unfortunately. Uh, this is still going to be the way it is for a little while longer, at least. And that sucks. Yep. 
It's. Uh, I do want to point out that Combo Breaker did announce that they were doing something for 2021, I believe, already. They plan they, on they, it. I don't think they know. Yeah. I don't think we know. I don't think we had, like, an official announcement about the date, but they did state that they were coming back again this year. Yeah, that was with the 2020 delay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they yeah. They said that they'll be back in 2021. What form that takes, whether that's an offline event, an online event, um, it because the thing is with the, with these offline events, even if you imagine that the vaccine rolls out completely over the next two days, like magically speaking, everyone in the world gets vaccinated, everyone gets their second dose next month. For for these offline events. You have to have those contracts in place now. If you run in mm-hmm. May, June, you have to have those hotels locked down now, which means you had to have discussions starting months ago, weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. So even if the best case scenario happens in terms of how things look in the early part of 2021, you're probably looking at summer before we start seeing uh bigger events coming back into play yeah for sure and you know we it's it's crazy how we always took for granted the fact like the public gathering right that's like one of those crazy things we never thought we would that would be taken away but yet here we are so uh you know and i know i'm assuming that a couple of these places at least as far as like the bigger tournaments go are uh, working together with the TOs and with the organizers to make sure that everybody's happy with a decision so that we can keep doing this after every, all of this is over, which is hopefully sooner mm-hmm. rather than later. So, well, again, Uncertainty City. We're going to have to see what happens, right? See what happens. Anything else we want to say about Frosty Fossings before we move on? Excited to see it. Sick, me too. Always excited, yeah. All right. Here's the sitch. We're going to do a segment we haven't done in the show for a hot minute. We're going to sleuth. We're going back to it. And here's why. Sleuthing. Wait. Oh, you haven't been here for this. I have no clue what you all are talking about at all. Okay. So last, or in 2019, rather, I... Okay. This is going to be good. This I is became be good. Uh, known as a sleuth because I was able to decode a lot of things that came to be true via Twitter messages and via just, you know, general internet diggery, right? Internet diggery? Yeah, you digging around in the internet. Like, for example, I predicted exactly... Investigative reporting? Yes. I predicted with one... I I predicted with one day, well, like, 24-hour margin of error when Tekken 7 Season 3 was going to come out. I broke the news that Emezi was screwed out of SFL that year first. He did. And okay. I guess that Chips Enough was coming. Correct. Okay. So. Okay. So I got I those three. The, if, if, if we had started the segment earlier, he would have figured out that the uh, Marvel Infinite leaks were coming from F Champ's house. Mm-hmm. He, he would have had that on lock. Yes. Now, let's get down to it because there has been a couple of announcements that 
Steve is too excited for this, Steve. I need you to calm down a little bit. No, right? I was using my Zoom exec ex excessively to show my 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 what what in black woman craziness is going on face. That's what that was. That was a slow zoom in. That's why Steve was laughing because he was looking at my oh, camera. I totally missed it because I'm setting everything up here on the back end. <laughs> now, let's get down to it. Segment start. We're going to have uh, graphics and stuff for it later. Uh, now, last week, there was a couple of articles that uh, talked about Lord Harada. We know him as the head of the Tekken project, right? He's the person that brought us Tekken. He's the person that continues to work on Tekken. Now, Harada revealed that he is working on Bandai Namco's most expensive project to this date. That's a big deal. It's a very big deal. Bandai Namco working on a super expensive project. Now, let's go to the internet to figure out what that project is. Now, this tweet from Harada posted December 31st, 2020, right before the turn of the new year. It says, for titles sold in millions, the number of valid signatures is not hundreds. In the first place, internet signatures by general users are not highly credible. It is the role of the company to collect quantitative data in the market. Now, I have no idea what this means. And the tweet that he was referring to is now unavailable and deleted, so we'll never know. However, there is one clue here. If we look at that last line, it is the role of the company to collect quantitative data in the market. So he is leading, he is directing us to look at the numbers. So let's go look at the numbers. This is the tech and Wikipedia page. What is this? If we look at the very right side, this is the release timeline for all Tekken, right? 1994, Tekken 1 gets released. 95, one year later, Tekken 2 gets released. Then there's a two-year jump for Tekken 3. It gets released in 1997. Another two-year jump for Tekken Car Challenge and Tekken Tag Tournament. Another two-year jump for Tekken 4. We're gonna, we're gonna forego the other titles. We're just gonna go for the main Tekken titles. From 2001 to 2004, that's three years. So now we're jumping to three years' time, Tekken 5. Another three years from Tekken 5 to Tekken 6. Four years from Tekken 6 to Tekken Tag Tournament 2. Three, another two years, right? They go back down to two years from Tekken Tag 2 to Tekken Revolution. And then a good old two years from Tekken Revolution to Tekken 7. See the pattern here? It's twos and threes. It's all about the twos and threes, all right? Now... What else has Bandai Namco been working on alongside oh, no. these? What title has been released <laughs> in years like oh, 2009? No. You see 2009 over here? I'm highlighting it. 2009, nothing released for Tekken. 2014, nothing released for Tekken. Let's take a look at the Dark Souls series page. 2009, Demon Souls. 2014, Dark Souls 2. But look at these numbers. 2009, two years later, 2011, three years later, Dark Souls 2, 2014, two years later, 2016, two years after that, Dark Souls Remastered, and then two years after that, Demon's Souls. However, Demon's Souls doesn't count because it was developed by Bluepoint Games. So this is not the normal FromSoft Bandai Namco project. So we're not going to count But it's Demon on Souls. the wiki, Elon, but it's on the wiki. But here's the thing. If it's not developed by From Software and Bandai, then they have to be working on something else, right? And 2018 to 2020 is a two-year gap. However, 2018 to 2021 is a three-year gap. 
Now, we have to take into consideration COVID. We have to take into consideration uh, everything that has happened due to this, this pandemic. So what is a title that was supposed to be released in 2020 that got pushed back to 2021? I don't know, Elon. What's the title that got pushed back? Elden Ring. Oh my God. Elden Ring was announced in 2019 at E3. And it is a From Software Bandai Namco project. It is also... It is also uh, one of the writers for this, alongside Hidetaka Miyazaki, is George R. R. Martin. And what does George R. R. Martin make? Money. Books. Lots and lots of money. Lots of money. And he also spawned the very popular Game of Thrones series. He is directly related, right? He wrote the books, The Song of Ice and Fire and everything, which spawned into HBO's Game of Thrones series. So, with all of these facts that we have here, and collecting all of the dots, we can see that Harada is working on Elden Ring alongside George R. R. Martin. And that is going to be Namco's most expensive title to date. Why did you why did you rope me into this? I had credibility. <laughs> you you know what happened? You, you know when you lost your credibility? That moment you said, "Yes, Steve, I would love to be on Best of 5." That that was the moment it all just disappeared. I'm so <laughs> mad. I'm so mad. You're like, "Yeah, so Sleuth Elon. Yeah, sleuthing." Investigative reporting. Am I wrong? Where's the lie? You didn't even source the Wikipedia sites. You just said Wikipedia. Yeah, if you go to Wikipedia and you type Dark Souls or you type Tekken, that's what comes up. Do you want me to show you the pages again? Here, I'll show you the pages again. No, you show. Thank you for showing me the pages, Elon. Here they are. I'm gonna I... scroll all the way to the top. <laughs> Wait, see, this is these are all the games. There it is. This is the Tekken Wikipedia. You know page. what? You know what? This is a. This segment may not be Sharpie approved, but I genuinely did enjoy it. You know. Well, look, I, when I it comes out, that. when it comes out that Harada when it comes is, out, you can be like, "Damn, Sharpie, you were incredibly wrong," and I will sit here and I'll be like, "You know what, Elon? I owe you a pizza." All right, then you owe me a pizza when, whenever we finish Elden Rings and we see Harada, as one of the producers. For Elden Ring. Specifically like, oh. from that tweet, by the way. Specifically from that tweet. Yes, yes. There's always hidden clues everywhere. There's hidden oh, clues God. everywhere. <laughs> always be watching the numbers. <laughs> I have been right in the past. I will say this. My record is almost perfect with a few I exceptions. believe you, and I'm concerned because of that. That's mostly why I'm concerned right now. It's not in any way, shape, or form because of... I just, I really wish that I had, like, the direct number to the men in the white shirts, you know? But I don't. Well, look, if you just so. pay attention to the numbers, you can find their phone number. Just pay attention. It's all about the numbers. All right, and that has been it's another... It's disaster for you at Sacrifice. <laughs> I think that was a good segment. I like that segment. It was It was yes. definitely something. It, it is always... 100% accuracy with sleuthing. So everybody be on the lookout for when Elden Ring releases in February of 2021. Oh, did I say that out loud? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying really hard not to crack. But anyway. 
Uh, <laughs> all right. Anyway. I'm sorry. Uh, now, why is this fighting game related? It's because Harada's working on it. So there you go. That's the tie-in uh, to Best of Five. Tie-in is Harada deleted a tweet and he's working on it. Yep. All right. Anywho. Uh, time to move on. Uh, uh, I, know it, I know we're all digesting that information because that was a lot of information. Uh, but believe me when I say February. 2021 uh we're gonna see harada's name up there i don't know if he's an executive producer or just a regular producer but you know we're we're, we're gonna see he has to be out. executive like how could he not be you know who knows who knows mm. who knows uh now let's move on shall we what's our next topic here let me take a look oh uh, Oni. it was definitely a lot of words yes hey sleuthing is a complicated thing all right uh however let's move on uh, sleuthing is fun and all, but we still need to get to the rest of the show. I know we want to stick on the sleuthing forever, and I do too. Uh, but uh, we do sadly have to move on. Now, uh, other announcements. Non-sleuthing announcements. Uh, we also got a reminder about SNK games. We remember those. And look at this. Yeah, those are still a thing. Tomorrow. Very much so. Those jerks. Tomorrow at 6 p.m. Pacific. The first official reveal of King of Fighters 15 and Samurai Showdown Season 3 Pass. Season Pass so, 3. Yeah. Yep. So 24 and a half hours after we go off the air. Those tonight. jerks. <laughs> Can't, there's a conspiracy against Best of Five. Everybody wants to announce stuff after our show. It's awful. Mm -hmm. I hate it. I hate it. But anyway, uh, so we have seen a little bit of King of Fighters 15, right? We saw some concept art. And we know that they were working on reworking the team mechanics. They were reworking on a bunch of stuff. And they, they said a bunch of things that sounded very exciting. However, they said it in Japanese. And the translation uh, was about half as exciting. Because, you know, sometimes things just don't translate very well. Alongside that, more Sam Show. Sam Show has been getting a lot of support by SNK. And it's crazy because it's one of those games where everybody was talking about it. Everybody was so excited. And then it just kind of fell down by the wayside. However, the crew that's still playing Sam Show are super passionate about it, and they're getting really good at the game. I've seen a couple of matches. There's a lot of, like, very tiny weeklies that are happening online now. There's a lot of super cool tournaments happening for it. If you just look on Twitter, you can see some people. Like, I know some, there's some of the San, uh, San Antonio crew have it running. There's a guy by the name of Sinister X, who's a very uh, very good Dawson player uh, from back in the Super Turbo days, uh, is running a lot of cool uh, weekly tournaments for it. So, yeah, it would be better if it had better online for sure. However, much like learning a fighting game, you just have to adapt. And you can still enjoy the game, kind of, playing worse off netcode. Uh, it's hard, but you can still do it. It's still possible. We did it. Remember Street Fighter 4 online? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have never in my life. <laughs> you speaking for yourself, friend? Yeah, I mean, look, at the, end of the day, at the end of the day, it's this. We have what we have. Mm -hmm. Could it be better? Absolutely. Should it be better? Absolutely. But we have what we have. You feel me? Yeah. Uh, and that's all of that I'm saying about that. But uh, I think it's super exciting. I'm excited to see some new SNK stuff, uh, especially King of Fighters 15. You know, there's, they're, promising, they're promising exciting stuff. How important, because let's remember, if you if we can think back to the first look at KOF 14, 
and all of the memes that came out, like the the PS2 cover of KOF 14, which I think was uh, it was brilliantly done. But how important is this reveal? If if it falls short, do you think people are gonna say, "Oh no, here we go again"? If it if, if it falls short on a graphical um, level, if it if it's not up to snuff, do you think that they can recover from that? Do you think that fans will give any sort of slack considering uh, the past year of development being uh, impacted by COVID? Or is this one shot and you're done? So I have two thoughts about that. First is there is that old saying, you never have a second chance to make a first impression, right? So first impressions are very important but we already have our first impression right we see we saw a couple of uh uh concept art we saw we heard a couple of uh, their philosophies going into what the game is going to be we heard what they're working on so do we already have our first impression maybe who knows the other one is there's a part of me that thinks snk doesn't give a doo-doo about how their games look and here's why you remember that trailer we dissected a little while ago with Terry Bogart riding on the bicycle and or a bike rather, the motorbike, slapping the three women in the ass and everybody was like, This is awful. And it all it also looks awful. Part of me thinks that's in case don't give a apologies for the swear. I'll drop a cookie in the swear jar. However, you know, to me like to me, as long as like the characters are there and they look kinda cool. I'm I think I'm just excited to play the game, you know? And, I mean, yeah, we did, like, when, like you were saying, when 14 rolled out, like, we saw that it didn't look great. But the game still played well. I mean, online didn't. Uh, but the game played well. And at the end of the day, they wound up fixing it. And I guess that leads, that goes to the whole thing of, like, oh, release the game and then work on it later, which I hate. But the game looks pretty cool now. And uh, all the characters look pretty cool. I actually played it the other day with a buddy of mine. And while the online is still awful. Uh, game was fun to play, and it looked cool, and I had a good time, you know? And at the end of the day, isn't that all we want? Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, it's, you know, it's got to deliver on gameplay first and foremost. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, it, you know, there are so many options for fighting games out there right now that if you're lacking in some way, there are there's a plethora of other directions you can go in. Like, oh, KOF doesn't deliver? Oh, I can just play uh, some Guilty Gear instead. And I can just play, if that doesn't uh, strike my fancy, I can play some Uni. I can play some Soul Calibur. I can... There are so many games right now that have quality releases that if you fall short, you can't just rely on, well, we're the new KOF game. Because... You know what? There's new everything game right now, it feels like. And your time can be... You can go in so many different directions in terms of, of options for games to play with active communities. So I, I feel like we can talk about, yeah, all, the, all that matters is the gameplay. All that matters is the gameplay. I don't necessarily think that all that matters is the gameplay in terms of the game success. Yeah, you're not wrong. And I mean... You know, everybody's 
in the chat yeah, saying. Yeah. You know, the most extreme example of that is Marvel Infinite. Mm-hmm. Because yep, that's, that's a game that, that, yeah, because that's a game that. It did the exact you know, same thing, yeah. Yeah, it, you know, most people would say gameplay is great. Everything else in terms of what made, you know, the video game side of things, it fell short. Now, here's the other thing, too. I don't think the looks of MVCI is what ultimately led it to its downfall. There was a lot of other very awful missteps. That the netcode was wasn't great. Many. The netcode was not great. The graphics weren't fantastic. The actual launch of the game and the servers themselves were not very stable. And then just the whole Battle of the Stones madness. Like, remember the rules of the tournament behind it and the way it was... It was it was marketed was not very clean. Um, well, like it was... definitely had a lot against it, but at the end of the day, what it really came down to was the fact that that was just I feel like the 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 death call and something that had already been stabbed seven hundred times that was sitting there waiting inside of the ambulance to be taken into a hospital bed, and then someone else came back in and was like, "No, this is for you, Brute," and they just like ripped it straight down my dude's gullet. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, here's here. Okay, I I agree with most of your points. I disagree with a few. First of all, uh, the netcode, maybe at launch it was asked because of the servers getting overloaded. However, towards the quote unquote end of its life, uh, after everything's settled out, it is the correct version of what should be the Street Fighter netcode, right? And it actually works yes. pretty okay. It works pretty. It would. Yes. Uh, I had a blast playing it online. The things I think that killed it are were a the marketing for it. First of all, Marvel bars. Marvel bars. Let's be honest. It, it, it gave us a whole. It gave our audience a whole lot of entertainment, but I don't think that was a real, no. real big impact. Um, I did add a uh, picture to the drive. If you would be able to download that real quick, you're always making me do work. Uh, the other thing I yeah. wanted to add, by the way, uh, is the other thing we need to remember is like remember when the game was like on its way of coming out. Every time uh, we would get an interview. Uh, Everybody would talk about X-Men. And one of the still famous responses, you know, is the functions response, right? I feel like that was one of those things where it happened and immediately the skepticism of the game just skyrocketed from there, right? And yep. to uh, Combo Fiend's point, he's absolutely right. But I think the way he said it was not so correct. <laughs> and that left and with that, a bad taste I, in a lot I, of people's mouths. I feel like even with that, that was a huge deal within the FGC. Mm. But if you aren't a fighting game player, I don't think that comment necessarily bothers you. Or mm-hmm. at least doesn't bother you as much as it would uh, for someone who grew up on MVC2. And, you know, that was their connection to this massive community. Do you have the picture? I do almost. But here's where I disagree is I think it especially affected somebody that was outside of the fighting game community because if they're attached to one character, they don't want to play any other character. It doesn't matter if that character plays similar to a character they like, right? They just want to play right, the character, that, character that they wasn't want. Gonna, but that character wasn't going to be in the game anyway. Right, and that's the problem. You know, if, if, your connection is, if your connection was Wolverine and Wolverine's not in the game, you don't care why that Wolverine isn't in the game. You don't care... You know why? What 
what Combo Fiend says about, you know, well, there are other characters that play similar to Wolverine. You don't care about that. You just want Wolverine. And he's not going to be in the game. Therefore, you're not interested in the game. So I don't think that was necessarily as big of a deal for people outside the FGC. What is a big deal, or what was a big deal for people outside the FGC is that. Oh, my God. That. Oh, my God. Steve is so wrong that for this. takes okay. half a second to share on social media. That oh There were God. so many issues with Marvel Infinite, the video game, but all of it can be in, distilled down to that image. That is representative of everything else that, that was going on with the game. And you don't necessarily have to be someone who is huge in the FGC or grew up on fighting games or even care about story to, to look at that and say, that don't look right. See, right. Here's my thing though, for people inside of the fighting game community to specifically be like, we all care about the games. We don't care, you know, how it looks. We don't care how it, how it necessarily like comes off. We t- a win is a win, regardless of you camping or spamming or whatever to, to take a community that actively states that as fact and state that ethos in general and to then say well we're not okay with the way that chun li looks that's a problem right like we we should have been the ones to be like okay well let's wait for the finished game to come out and see how it plays we should have been those people and 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 we got hecka normie and was like well these graphics just these this is unplayable i can't play with these graphics at all this is ridiculous i i can't i can't quarter circle anymore you guys if chun li's face is going to look like this like come on you know like at a certain you have to you have to admit you have to admit that there are a lot of a lot of passes that we as a community could have given that for the gameplay and when it came down to it no one did yep there were a lot of things community could have done to support the game that had good gameplay but no one did because the reality is but, every single person that complained about inside the community doesn't really care about the gameplay at the end of the day. They really just care about being sheep and adding on to the same general Neil as everybody else that complained about nah, it. No, 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 Here's the no, thing. That's not what I said. It, we, we can talk about, you know, support. We can talk about, you know, what the community should and should have done. End of the day, Capcom's a company. They're selling a product. So is every other fighting game maker out there. They're saying, hey, we have a product for you. If you want to give us $60, we'll let you play this game. And for whatever reason, for multiple reasons, people can decide whether or not they think that $60 is a worthwhile investment. And if you're asking me, um, you know, hey, I can play this game with great, great gameplay, uh, but iffy graphics and iffy story and not all the characters I want or hey I could go to like Tekken and get an experience that delivers on more of that or I could go to Street Fighter or I could go to Uni or whatever I've got so many other options to spend with my limited amount of money that you know if I don't want to spend 60 on this because I'd rather spend 60 elsewhere is that is that necessarily a bad thing I don't think it is then I don't want to hear Then what I don't want to hear. What I don't want to hear from those exact same people is I don't want to hear, why doesn't this game do X, Y, Z? Because there was a game that did X, Y, Z 
you didn't want to play it because it didn't look right to you. That's what I don't want to hear. And that's what I have absolutely no patience for. Because people did the exact same thing for Skullgirls. People do the exact same thing for uh, Them's Fighting Hurts. People do the exact same thing for Killer Instinct. People say it doesn't look a certain way. It doesn't look like my aesthetic. And then they pick up the game and they're like, oh, I love this. Oh, I really enjoy the way this game does this. Why didn't I look past the aesthetics? Why didn't I actually play the gameplay? If you gonna be about gameplay, be about gameplay, okay? Make up your mind. Don't be over here fighting the funk and saying, Oh well, it needs to look a certain way and be the gameplay that I want. I I, I got a counter to that. Alon, go ahead, but I want to come back to that. No, what I was gonna say is, it can be about the gameplay, but you know, there is a lot of things that impede you from liking the gameplay. And I'm looking at this not from a fighting game perspective. I'm looking at this from just the person who plays the game. Do you remember that uh, specifically with MVCI? Do you remember that demo that they released, the story demo that came out? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The voice acting on it was like so bad, and but y'all play story mode. Y'all are really gonna tell me you play story mode? Well, Actually, no, that's... no lie, no lie. Because like everyone, everyone is judging the entire aspect of the game like that matters inside of the fighting game world. Like everyone's sitting here twenty four seven playing story mode. Well, I here's just, the thing: not, 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 not to the people the watching game. this stream. Here's the thing: not to the people watching this stream, but to a lot of potential customers. Yes, that matters. Here's the thing: why do you think Mortal Kombat sells well? Because they do well for the audience, for the tournament going audience, but they also do well for the more casual audience. Now, they're here's the thing: their dollars value—they're <laughs> worth just as much as ours. Here's the thing: <laughs> I, Sharpie, I agree with you. However, that demo. And that voice acting was our first impression of that game. That's fair. And I, st I can never get out of my brain, not only how Chun-Li looked, but whenever she was like in the, in the story uh, cinematic where she's winding up a spinning bird kick, the voice actor just goes, huh? <laughs> I'm never going to forget that for the rest of my life because it was so bad. And it was actually like I actually laughed and I still laugh every time I think about it. It is so bad. And that's one of those things that tips off. It's like, hey, something's not right here. Something, something's bad. And on top of all this, the other reason I think why MVCI uh, was treated the way it, it, uh, that it was that it did is because this is right after Street Fighter V got launched. And I think people were just so disillusioned with uh, how Capcom or like companies uh, in general were treating games on release that. Which was right after Cross Tekken, too. Exactly. So it's like, I feel like that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. Right? So it's, I think it's straight up just one of those, like, wrong place, wrong type type of things for that to, for all of that to have happened. I'm just, I'm just asking for people to keep the same energy. That's all I'm asking. I'm saying if you have this energy, if that is important to you as a player, keep that same energy when you go to play different games as well. And be upfront with those same developers and be like, this matters to me so that we get universal change, not just Capcom learning from this. We get Arxis learning from this. We get Bandai learning from this. Mm -hmm. We don't just have Capcom changing. We have everybody changing. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Because there were a lot of things, there were a lot of things wrong with other games that came out on release and came out in beta that everyone's just giving a huge pass to in general. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. The, the one the one thing I wanted to come back on, because you, you were talking about people talking about aesthetic when it comes to Skullgirls and, and them's fighting arts in particular. Yes. yes. Those two, I think, isn't a great comparison to Infinite. Because the look of those two, there are a lot of, lot of people who outright do not like that aesthetic, and that's the only reason they don't play the game. 
but they can still look at that at look at those games and say, you know what, I hate that style, but it's a style done well. I don't think anyone would say Skullgirls is not a beautifully animated game. I don't think anyone would say Dems Fighting Herds is a not a beautifully animated game. It might not be my type of thing, but it, it you know you, I can recognize it's well done and still say, hey, it's not for me. Marvel I just I've heard the same conversation not just regarding Skullgirls or Them's Fighting Herds. I did also reference Killer Instinct because I've heard the exact same thing about Killer Instinct. It's a very common thing that people say about a lot of quote unquote indie games inside of the community. It's not just it's not those those are the only two that came to mind because those are my games. But there are other games that people have said it about. People said the same thing about Undernight. People said the same thing about Blazboot Blue. People, people say this about just about every single fighting game out there when they want an excuse for not playing it. They're saying it's not this, it's not that, it looks a certain way, it looks like this, it's just an anime fighter, I don't need to play it. And they use the graphics as an excuse to not explore it. And I'm kind of tired of that mentality because it's holding back a lot of our community from growth. But I honestly think that we should move on from the segment because I know that the next segment with the interview and everything is at least 20 minutes long. Yeah. I, I, I do yeah, want to give I, you closing I, I, arguments here, though, Steve. I'm trying to play the I, I, I bell sound. Say, I can't get the bell sound to play. <laughs> I would say there's a difference between, you know, an aesthetic you don't like and there one that's go. poorly executed. And I think Marvel got hit hard because it was poorly executed. Agree. Okay, so we have to move on. We can have this argument some other day when we have less things to talk about. Uh, but I did enjoy this uh, discussion. Uh now, let's get to what we need to get to here. Sharpie did some uh, reporting and sleuthing of her own. Investigative reporting. Investigative reporting, everyone. I did actual reporting. Yes. Okay, there are facts yeah. behind this. I interviewed people. Where, where uh, was the lie <laughs> in my reporting? Point to me the lies. <laughs> you can't. That's right, because they're all facts. All right. Anyway, Sharpie, you started uh, looking into a game, which uh, I think I mentioned on the intro that I played quite a bit of uh, this weekend, and I had a blast. I had no idea this game was even a thing until uh, I saw you doing the piece on it, and then I went to the website, and I played it. It's all browser-based, and I had a lot of time. So without further ado, Sharpie, let us know about what you've been searching through. So everybody, uh, this past week... I actually had an opportunity to play Tough Love Arena. It was launched last Friday on, I believe, the 3rd of the new year. Um, oh, I'm sorry. It was actually launched on the 2nd, that Saturday of the new year. And it was a very, it was a very, very good game. This game is a browser-based fighting game. And uh, it was actually created specifically by a two-person independent team. Uh, and I managed to gather up some information from a couple of new players, as well as one of the lead designers and developers of the game, Paul, who I have a 15-minute uh, long interview with. But the very first thing I want to actually go ahead and showcase is I want to actually go ahead and show a couple of the player interviews that I did with a player known as Shy Guy. Uh, Shy Guy is a new player to the game, and um, I was very interested in their input and their take on how this fighting game managed to pull them in. They are a platform fighter. They don't typically play traditional fighting games. And so I was very interested to see why they were spending so much time inside of this game and not other games. So uh, I would love to go ahead and play that player interview. I believe it's the second one I have there. 
talking more about how this game compares to other fighting games that they've played in the past. So I, the reason I liked platform fighters more is because I get really intimidated by like the depth of knowledge in a lot of traditional fighters. Like I've never played Street Fighter. I really like it though, but I would get totally wrecked if I picked up picked it up like once, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I think just the the way that it's easy to learn for me, and it just doesn't like feel super intimidating. I don't need to know a hundred pieces of tech to like play the game at all, you know. It was really insightful hearing from a, a person who hadn't really played traditional fighting games that much express exactly why this game was so addicting to them. And when I asked them a little bit more later, they expressed that they did actually compete inside of tournaments and their friend did win second prize inside of one of those tournaments. Uh, one of the big things that also stood out from this game was the net code. And I asked both the developer and a shy guy regarding the network code. We're going to go over shy guys. Uh, views as to how the netcode helped form their gameplay and why the netcode was such an important aspect to them. And we're actually going to play the developer interview. Uh, so I, I think we're going to go to the player interview first, and then we'll play the actual first part of the de developer interview. Definitely a big part. Um, it's the reason that I would boot this game up over Roof Rage, like recently, 100%. With Rivals, it's I think it definitely has better connection. Some, like sometimes the snapback when, with the rollback gives me a little bit of trouble, but I've had like way more positive uh, interactions in the game than like laggy ones. Definitely a big part. Um, it's I forgot to unmute it. I apologize. <laughs> so we're just changing over the developer interview, but I am very thankful to Shy Guy for making themselves available for this interview. Super appreciate it. I did interview two other people, but unfortunately they were unavailable through voice. I got some text quotes for them, but uh, Shy Guy covered a majority of the same information through their quotes. So once again, I do want to thank everyone that I received quotes from. It's just, uh, it's, uh, unfortunately, a lot of it was very repetitive and Shy Guy was very, very, very concise in the way that they worded things. So without any further ado, uh, this is Paul with Tough Love Arena, the lead developer on the game. So I am here with Paul, who is the developer of Tough Love Arena. How are you doing today, Paul? I'm doing good, Sharpie. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for asking. So my first question is Tough Love Arena. Tell us a little bit more about it. Uh, wow, okay. So Tough Love Arena is a indie fighting game being developed by a team of basically two people. Uh, one coder, me, and one artist, Amy. We have been working on it for about a year and a half, and it just came out as an open beta three days ago, I think? Um, the, I, the sort of pitch, the elevator pitch of Tough Love Arena is that it is, one, completely free, and two, browser-based. Uh, this means that you can play it on any computer and most phones uh, without any installation step. Uh, so you just have to go to the URL, and you can hop into a match in, like, a matter of seconds. That's fantastic. It's also true. Sorry. Thank you. Oh, not at all. Um. They also, in the fighting game space, you know, it is indie. It is a small team, so the roster is a little small. Uh, we don't have the basically the budget to build out, you know, too many complicated moves or interactions or systems. So knowing that, we designed a very sort of simplistic, beginner-friendly fighting game 
also, you know, running on a phone, it has to play well with touch controls. So uh, all of this sort of led us into our current design, which is to be a fun either intro experience or just like pick up and play experience. And it, that seems to be the part that people have connected with. So it we're, really, we're very proud. really is incredibly accessible. I myself did stream the game um, last week and I really did enjoy both your outreach as well as the community's outreach while I was playing and quite a few other veteran fighting game players have been playing it. Most notably, Sejam, James Chen, and I believe Sonic Fox have all played the game. Um, I know that, I don't know if you're personally in charge of the Twitter account or if uh, the other developer slash artist, Amy, as you stated, is, but um, have you seen their responses to your game? I have. The, the Twitter is like 95% me. <laughs> uh so uh i'm the one doing pretty much all of the likes and retweets uh if you want to get retweeted do fan art that's <laughs> the easiest way to get retweeted um it's been super cool uh it's been super cool so uh a little bit of history if you don't mind of course um uh, you know i've been a, a an FGC head. I, I've been playing fighting games for a long time. I've been watching tournaments for a long time. I went to a couple of Evos. I went to some locals in New York where I live. Uh, oh. And, uh, but I was, you know, I'll be honest. I'm not, I'm not that good. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, go, I'm a pot monster. I, I, I go, I'm I go not, to I'm not either, but some people, yeah, people I, seem to think I'm amazing for some reason. I can't imagine why. <laughs> I throw in my, I throw in my 10 bucks and I go zero two like a, like a nice boy. Um, but I think my best record at EVO was 2-2 in Street Fighter Cross Tekken. But, um, but back in 2016, I made uh, this stats website for Street Fighter V. Uh, I, it, right when the game came out, I saw that there was a way to like access the API, and I made this website where you could see like basically what the new Shadowloo site does, uh, like the official Shadowloo site, but that didn't exist for like the first year. And I had sort of a fan version of it. And it was through that experience that I, you know, didn't get to know, but just, like, had some Twitter conversations with, like, James Chen and Alter David, and they helped me sort of plug that website back in 2016. So when we decided to launch uh, on Friday, you know, the website's been up there. Uh, for, you know, it's basically been open and publicly accessible for, like, a year. Just no one knew about it. And um, we would use that public URL to, like, do alpha testing with my friends. and. Uh, a couple of really nice people. And so I just went back to those old contacts and basically just contacted like Ultra David and James Chen and said, Hey, remember me from 2016? I made a new thing. Do you want to check it out? Uh, and then I think it was the, the Sonic Fox retweet and like the Sajam retweet that really sort of like, and then the Sajam video later that sort of put us on the map. And so, yeah, I've, I've been following. I've been following. It's been very, sorry, that was a really long answer. <laughs> to your to your very modest prompt, but uh, it's been super cool. I'd say the, the the first day was actually kind of upsetting because I wasn't getting any work done because people mm. were playing the game and I was like seeing these bugs and I was like, oh man, I should fix that. But I would just I would just sit there on Twitter and just scroll, or I'd go over to the Discord and just scroll and be like, I'm just doing this instead for like two hours at a time. Um, so I've 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 been getting better at like, okay, I'm gonna close I'm gonna close Twitter. And then that'll be work. my reward for like. I'm gonna focus. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna work. Uh, you know, I'll fix. Uh, I'll buff beef, and then that Twitter will be my reward. Um, it's I'm 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 very happy to see that you've been 
you've been very excited about the the majority positive feedback that you've received regarding the game because it is a very good game. It is doing a lot of things right. Um, I would like to ask a couple of questions about some of the mechanics and some of the features inside of the game, if we could. Uh, the first thing that I would like to pull notice to is this is the most obvious thing that's on the top of everyone's minds, but the netcode. Talk to me about how important netcode was when you were designing and coding the game. So it was priority number two. Uh, when I when we first started making the game, because uh, this is the first real game I've made, right? Mm. Uh, and I've made a lot of like you know little indie puzzle. I can't even call it indie, like a puzzle game in like a weekend or something you can play by yourself in the browser. And my original goal was to recapture the feeling I had in high school playing a game called Little Fighter 2, mm. which was like a an EXE you could download. It was like the grad school project of these two guys from China. Um, and it was just like a cool, like, two, like, it was like Streets of Rage, but a fighting game. Like, oh, wow. it had the Z-axis. And I spent like three years in high school just playing that, like, on the computer labs, same keyboard with my friends. And that sort of like pick up and play on one keyboard experience was my first inspiration. Because also, you know, this was all pre-COVID when yeah, people yeah, actually yeah. could sit next to each other on a keyboard. <laughs> so we started with that. And as I and I prototyped that and I had a little bit of testing with it. And as we realized, oh, there's actually something fun here. People are going to want to play when a friend is not in the room. People are going to want to play. If it's good, they're going to want to play, you know, more. I should add online. And so I immediately stopped everything. And I had to rewrite a significant part of my engine, but you know, at that point, there wasn't a lot of engine to rewrite, which mm. uh, helped. Uh, but I fully believe that if you're going to be online, yeah, you need rollback. It's, it's. I mean, all the other big online games, like FPSs, have been doing essentially rollback for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, everyone knows about like I ducked behind a wall and then I got killed by a sniper shot. What was that <laughs> like? Uh, because People real game developers, some of them realized a long time ago, like, yeah, the ping is really inconsistent. And especially on fighting games where you build all this muscle memory of trying to land your like, you know, two frame link combo, having any sort of variability in that timing is just basically inexcusable. Um and so rollback isn't, you know, perfect. Uh, teleporting feels bad. I, I know from watching your stream you had some wonderful matches and you also had some less wonderful ones. Uh, and part of that might be my algorithm, but it's also sort of, you know, most you of it was amazing. I do want to clarify, like Thank literally 95% yeah. of the matches were amazing. And I also want to clarify after stream, I realized it was something on my side that was causing oh, really? the connection. Yeah. There was something going on with OBS and the way that it was pulling, uh, pulling specifically priority away from some of the browsers. So I just turned down the priority lever and it was oh. fine. So it was just, it was my side. It was my CPU freaking out and it was totally fine. But it was like, like I've said, 95% of the time it's fine. I think the biggest issue I've had since was just that the servers are overloaded. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm very proud of the networking code. We tested that a lot. Um, so yeah, once you get into a match and you're in rollback, that's good. The server stuff, I'm obviously less proud of. We're working on that right now. Um, that's a that was. I mean, I it was a. I, it's I getting too big, too fast. Good problem, you know. Basically, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the sort of thing that runs fine when you have ten people and just falls over when you have three hundred. And you know, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I I've gained a lot of empathy for like the Street Fighter Five devs on week one. Like, <laughs> um, understandable. It's, it's hard. Um. So okay, couple of follow up questions, more so regarding the mechanics. I saw as well after playing for quite a bit of time that you did include all of the frame data inside of the game. Was that intentional, or was that something that you added? post creation of the game with player feedback like talk to me more about why you opted to create uh viewable frame data it was always my intention um i don't and this seems to be a trend that's shifting correctly in my opinion in in among fighting game developers where there was this attitude for the longest time of like that's the hidden secret song mm. of you know we can't show the boxes we can't show the numbers because otherwise it'll ruin the mysticism or like we need that for people to figure out, but people are going to figure it out within week one. You're just making it less exciting. Um, and I, I fully believe one of the biggest strengths about it, this being a website and having, you know, really fast deploys and updates that are sort of mandatory is, you know, if there's something, if there's a resource that players should have, I should just put it in the game. It should just be in the game natively. They don't have to go find a wiki or a forum somewhere. Um, so, I mean, that said, I, I only added the frame data relatively recently just because of development priorities. But, and I still would like to, you know, on the long to-do list, I'd love to have some sort of display within training mode. Like, mm. when you hit someone, it says, you know, plus five, minus two, that kind of thing. Uh, but at least just slapping up that big page full of tables was relatively easy from just sort of reading my code and generating it automatically. And I do want to add, obviously, for our viewers and listeners back home, but the frame data that you introduce is some of the most in-depth frame data I've personally seen. Not only do you have frame-by-frame -frame screenshots of each one, uh, you also have the audio timing cues inside of the game, which is something that I really haven't seen in a lot of other fighting games. Were you inspired so that... by something? No, so that page... So, yeah, I, I apologize. I thought you were talking about just, like, the table, the simple frame data. Oh, no, 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 the advanced data. frame data is very in-depth. The advanced frame data is basically a developer tool. Mm. Um, me and Amy used that in order to tell, so that she could see at a glance, like, which, basically, which animations were incomplete. Um, because she could just scroll through the game and see both, like, oh, we're still holding this picture for, like, five frames. I need to draw some tweens in between. And also, uh, because I would basically usually draft the game first without drawings or like with placeholder sprites, figure out what feels good and then go to her and figure out, okay, um, jab has to have like six frame startup. So that means we have room for maybe one picture because we animated about uh, 12 FPS, aka on the twos. Um, and so that was the, that was why the tool was born. Gotcha. And I kept just putting more information in it to try and help her understand like why am i repeating some frames because oh i even though i want you to hold the whip startup for five frames i don't want to start the audio cue within the first two frames because of like maybe a kara window or uh which i don't know if those are even in the game anymore but they were for a while uh so you're going to start the whip for two frames and then you're going to have a next thing that has the whip again for three frames but starts the sound and then you're going to continue so it started off as a developer tool but then again when it came time to release i was like why hide this like, there's, I, I don't think it's, you know, uh, I feel like it can only help the players in the community to make this information public. I mean, I guess it could be a little embarrassing, because, yeah, that page is the ugliest page in the website, I believe, with this, like, weird buttons fixed on tops and buttons fixed on bottom. Uh, but it's, um, 
we fighting game players don't care. It's the knowledge. Yeah, it's exactly. the knowledge. It's really the knowledge. And it's 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 very helpful. I, I consider myself an intermediate fighting game player, and I found all the information on there more than helpful. So I just also want to thank you. Um, You're very welcome. Uh, we did also have some more moments that I spoke about with Paul, which we will be uploading in full capacity on the full edited interview later on our YouTube. Unfortunately, we don't obviously have enough time for it. But something that I did get to ask Paul was uh, we got some exclusive player feedback, and I was able to show him some of the quotes that we had earlier from Shy Guy. We're going to go ahead and play the quotation that I actually showed to Paul, which I believe was the very first part of the player interview where I showed him what Shy Guy actually liked about uh, Tough Love Arena. And so we're going to go ahead and play Shy Guy's first part of that interview, and then we're going to play Paul's response, which is him responding to uh, Shy Guy's uh, comment. First off is just the connection is better, so I don't, I can actually play the game, you know what I mean? Also, the presence of the devs makes a big difference. Um, I haven't like been a day in the Discord without seeing the dev. Yeah, overall, just like the general vibe of the game, I love the theme, I love the community. That's so nice. Yeah, um, I'd like to know- That's what we were going for. Exactly, I'd like, to, I'd like to really understand your thoughts about why they felt like this game was so accessible to them. I wanna, I wanna give a little bit more uh, history about the specific player. This player has played very, very few traditional fighting games. I believe they told me that they played Soul Calibur, uh, they played Street Fighter and a little bit of Mortal Kombat, but they haven't spent too much more than a couple of hours in either one. And the big game that they played before this, I believe, was Roof Rage, which is another independent game similar to Rivals of the Aether. It's a platforming game. Okay. And when I asked them specifically how much time they spend in platforming games, they told me they spend a lot of time in platforming games. As you know, this game is not a platformer game. This is more of a traditional fighting game to say that it's 2D based, you have a set amount of health, um, you're up against a singular opponent without uh, almost exclusively working on a 2D access. A access. Um, why do you believe they feel so adamant and feel so strongly and, and really, really enjoy your game. Obviously, we'll be showing more of their interview a little bit later, but I would like to get your thoughts as a developer about how how accessible it is for not just traditional fighting game players, but also new platform fighting game players who may not have played that many traditional fighters, who may just be coming into fighting games for the very first time. So there's a lot of smaller decisions that I think make it end up feeling more accessible in hindsight because you sort of have a better time or you have a less bad time. Um, but I think the number one most important thing is the inputs. I, uh, we all, even all of us that are, you know, amateur, pretty good, medium at fighting games, we, we all sucked at some point. And you go through that journey of like, you know, it takes me an hour to throw a Hadouken. And then by the time I can finally throw Hadoukens, I realized that just throwing Hadoukens actually is bad, and they just jump in on me and I die. Um, I firmly believe that like new players, like playing Street Fighter, they their skill as far as like match result like starts here. Or I don't know which way you're the line fine. You're fine either way. But, you know, like, it starts here, and then as they learn special moves, it goes down because then they focus on the mini game of like trying to do a special move, and they don't block anymore. And then it finally goes up as you realize you know that Hadoukens are sometimes food uh, that you can only eat for dessert, and My, I played a lot of fighting games growing up, growing up as a kid, but my first like real fighting game that where I learned how fighting games work was Street Fighter Four, mm. and I could not do the ultra input. 
for like the first six months. I just couldn't do it. Or like I could do it if I jumped and like buffered it like crazy or I could, you know, churn on wake up, but I couldn't just like do it. And in that game, you build Ultra. It's the biggest, you know, just a little fresh, refresher in case your audience doesn't know. The Ultra is like the big meter attack. And you get Ultra Meter every route. It's guaranteed. You get it when you reach like 50% health. And I'd be playing online against these Ryus and these Balrogs, and they would combo into their Ultra every round and just get all this extra damage. And I was playing Goken, and I couldn't combo into it. Mm. And I actually picked Goken. The whole reason I picked Goken, and he was my main for like eight years, was because he could back throw into a juggle state, and the back throw animation was like three seconds long. And so I could churn butter during the animation and mash Ultra so that it comboed in. I chose Goken and played that character for like a quarter of my life just so that because he had the easiest like setup into Ultra from an execution standpoint. And when Street Fighter Cross Tekken came out and they were simplified supers to just like Hadoken and three buttons, I was like, yeah, obviously. Why, why wasn't it like this? This, this, this feels like ancient history, right? This is like 2012. So, you know, more games come out and do this. Like Skullgirls, I think, doesn't have double motions, right? I think it's just like... They do not, no. I yeah. think the hardest input as I have that game is is DPs. Um, yeah. And some would say quarter circles, but those are really the only two inputs they have that are difficult. So I, I definitely, for many, many years, firmly believed, like, the inputs don't have to be this hard. I, you know, I don't, I don't need to be doing pretzels to do my thing. I finally got into Guilty Gear Xard because, you know, the inputs were just made a little bit easier, right? And I realized a long time ago, like, Smash has this figured out. I think Smash has been so popular, not even talking about, you know, modern platforming games, but just, like, five years, years ago, I realized, you know, everyone thinks Smash is popular because it's a Nintendo game because you can play Mario versus Zelda. But I think a large part of it is that if you see a cool move in Smash, mm-hmm. if you're like, I really want to do Link's, you know, twirly sword thing, I just do this. And it comes out. Um, and again, this is not a super novel idea. Lots of other indie games have explored the space. Uh, I know Fancy Strike came out definitely and did it first. But that, I think, is a really good bridge for platform fighters. Because I think platform fighters figured that out. Doing motion inputs, it's cool. I'm not going to say there's like no place for it. One of my favorite games is ST, and I love trying to, and my, I play Old Hawk. And trying to like tick into 360s on that busted old game with like not a lot of input leniency, it feels really satisfying when you get them. Um, but there's a time and a place for it, and I it's just, I'm rambling. I'm getting way too into this. It, You're it's, totally it's fine. You're very passionate, and one. it's 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 very endearing <laughs> to myself as a player. Uh, to see a developer that cares so much about the the game and the genre that they're creating. It's very it's very warming to me because it means that one, the the game that I'm playing is being made by someone that's just as passionate about video games as me. And two, it's being designed by someone who has a very large history um and knowledge of what of the precursors what to do right and what to do wrong and that makes me feel more comfortable as a player sinking time into it so it's definitely a positive never apologize for that it was a very very fantastic interview and i'm very thankful to paul Uh, we're going to go ahead and close out this segment specifically uh by letting paul go ahead and tell us where we can go ahead and support Tough Love Arena, as well as the developers there in the final segment, which is Support Tough Love Arena? That's a very good question. So uh, we tried to, again, uh, 
using the game itself as like the central hub. If you go into the extras and then about menu, there are links to the Discord if you want to join the community. Uh, there's links to my the TLA Twitter if you want to DM us with like a bug or say hi. And there's a Patreon um, where we, again, uh, just prioritizing things. Uh, it's right now just like $5, thank you. But we are hoping to add some merch soon uh, so that people can buy, um, I don't know, a shirt with like beef spot on it or something. Or maybe a poster. Uh, poster, especially since people are staying inside of their homes right now and need things to decorate oh. their homes. Posters are selling very well right now because no one's leaving their house. No one's changing their shirts. I, I don't know if you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. This is my out-of-laundry shirt, yeah. I, I'm saying, I'm saying, and I'm not going to question how long you've been wearing this shirt, but I'm pretty sure, you know, if I had to guess. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for doing this interview with us. Thank I really you, greatly appreciate it. Looking forward, as I, I always, clearly... to watching the game grow. Thank you. I clearly enjoy talking about this game, so thank you for the opportunity. This has been fun. So once again, I want to thank Paul and I want to highly recommend everyone play Tough Love Arena. I personally played it, had a fantastic time. I know Elon played it and I know quite a few other people inside the fine game community played it. If you have not played this game, you can go to toughlovearena.com to play it right now on either your mobile device or inside of any internet browser. It does work in literally everything. It does have controller support. I was able to play it on both a Hitbox and an Xbox controller. It does also work with keyboard as well as all fight sticks. So uh, go ahead and check it out. You can give them some love on their Twitter account. They super appreciate fan art, and they do have a very active Discord. If you would like to monetarily support Tough Love Arena, because once again, the team is exclusively made of two people, a uh, programmer as well as an artist slash designer, you can go ahead and go to their Patreon. That's patreon.com slash toughloveArena and give them a small donation to help make even more changes possible. All right, and that does it for my segment. I want to thank once again Paul with Tough Love Arena for taking time out of his busy day to give us an exclusive interview. Try beating my garlic. Nobody can do it. Also, <laughs> thank you, Sharpie, for that incredible segment. Uh, super cool. Uh, I'm super grateful for that segment because I got to play some love, Tough Love Arena this weekend uh, because of it, So, and I super enjoyed it. Nobody can beat my garlic. I'm godlike. I can. I no, can. you cannot. Who's your main? My Is onion's fucking nice. My, uh, don't you ever disrespect me like that again. <laughs> don't you ever. Are, 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 we doing, are we doing pizza match next week? We can. We, we can. We can. All right. Pizza match. It's going to have to be playing, a best of five because of the show name. Contractually, we have to do it. I do want to remind everyone inside of our chat, as well as all of our listeners, that we are actively looking to hear what other type of interviews and what other type of segments you would like to hear on the show. Uh, just go ahead and mention us on Twitter. We're twitter.com slash show. You can go ahead and just add us uh, whenever you see some crazy news. You can join our Discord and let us know if you have a cool little scoop, and we can go ahead and get in touch with the right people. You may even see it as a segment as I ever show. Um, so, yeah. Uh, just want to put that out there because that was something that we did find as an exclusive scoop, but we are always happy to uh, look up more, do more investigative actual journalism um, if there's something that our viewers and listeners would like to hear. Hey, I feel like, you're, I feel like you've been on my case about my sleuthing, and my sleuthing is going to be correct. Just you watch one month away. <laughs> just you watch. Sleuth just because you can't wrap your brain around it doesn't mean it's wrong. Open your mind. I better not owe this man a pizza, y'all. I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> I'm gonna be so mad. Oh, are you talking about our match next week? Because 
You owe me a I pizza. mean the Harada thing. Oh, the, the Harada, Harada thing? thing? Oh, well, you're going to owe me a pizza regardless. There's going to be two pizzas you owe me. Welcome to Best of Five, where everybody owes me pizzas. That <laughs> brings us to the end of today's show. First of all, there, before... there's one thing oh, go ahead. Go I wanted it, to close on. Go for uh, it. Well, two things, actually. Uh, one, a uh, little programming note. Uh, Ultra Chen TV is canceled for tonight. Uh, they will have their first episode of the season next week. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, the other thing is I wanted to give out a bestie of the week. Mm. You know, uh, I don't know what we're doing with the whole... I kind of want to put 2020 in the rear view mirror. So instead of doing a big fake, uh, well, not fake, because I, I was obviously on the do red you, carpet. Do you know how much time it takes me to make that shit? How dare you call it fake? <laughs> no, I'm talking about my place on the red carpet. That was actually real. That was yes, very much Yes, I know. Real. You were hiding in those bushes for a long time. <laughs> that's where that's where the scoops are. Uh, <laughs> but I did want to give, you know, a, a personal bestie of the week uh, to Daigo Umehara. Uh, over the New Year's holiday, Daigo hosted a charity stream on his Twitch channel, uh, brought over several people from within the FGC, including Fudo, Sako, uh, Banchan, many others as well, to help uh, raise uh, funds for charity, uh, including uh, uh, a food bank in Fukuoka, uh, suicide uh, counseling center in Kyoto, as well as a few others. Um, his charity stream uh, went for 12 hours, and it raised n a total of nineteen thousand dollars. Oh my Daigo god! Then, or yeah, uh, about two million yen if you want to do the uh, conversion. Daigo then announced he would match that. Oh wow! So we're talking thirty-eight thousand dollars for charity in 12 wow. hours so daigo thank you you and everybody who worked with you on your gaming to connect stream you get a bestie of the week congratulations daigo on the first ever bestie of the week and on the successful charity marathon i guess <laughs> uh all right well i didn't know joke yeah no that's amazing you know uh anything that we can do as a community to help the greater world community at large is uh, never a bad thing so big ups to lord daigo and the crew over there in Japan, making big moves and making everybody, uh, making the world a better place. Because we need that right now. Yeah, More we than do. ever. That, ladies and gents, will bring us to the end of the first episode of 2021. So thank you so much for joining us. Big thank you to uh, Paul and the crew from Tough Love Arena for, uh, the, for taking their time. Thank you, Sharpie, for uh, the incredible journalism that is not at all different from my sleuthing. Uh, thank you, Steve, for everything that you do for the fighting game community, for the show, and for all of us. Thank you, Sharpie, for everything you do for the fighting game community, for the show, and for all of us. Thank you, the viewer, all the, uh, everybody chilling in the chat, everybody chilling in, on Twitch. Whether you're speaking and hanging out with us or whether you're just watching, whether you're listening. And listening on our I, podcast. I'm getting there. I'm a professional at this. Uh, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for everything that you do for us. We're super happy that we still get to do this. We get to chill here every Tuesday and have some fun and talk about things that are happening. Uh, we look forward to doing this for the rest of 2021 and more. Asterisk. Uh, so 
that's going to be the end of the show. So thank you. My, I've been Elon. You can follow me on Twitter at ILAN121. That's me right there. This has been the main squeeze. Steve, the Ace King Officer Jurek. Thank you, Steve. And thank you. You're welcome. And the lovely, talented, the purple Sharpie. I'm Oprah. No, actually, I'm, I'm Gail. I'm actually Gail. I'm sorry. Oprah's not even that great. I'm I'm more like Gail anyway. So I'm gonna forget everything. So you're gonna have to remind me. I apologize. So thanks everybody for joining us. We're signing off for today, but we'll catch you next week. And remember, pizza bets. Every next real week. podcaster has a sign off phase. Good night, Canada. Pizza bets next week. Thank <laughs> you.